Hola YouTube, my name is Ricardo Lino and I'm a wheel addict. On today's episode of the Skate Talks, the Skate Talks 3, we're going to be talking with a German who lives in California and owner of a few inline skating brands. So we can say is one of the most important persons in the inline skating industry. We're going to be talking with Andy Wagner and Andy owns brands like Razors, Remedies, Ground Control, Jug, maybe. Well, we'll see what's really happening with Andy Wagner. So let's just call Andy and see how this goes. Hey, how are you doing? I'm good, my brother. <laughs> I'm good, I'm good too. I was just trying to make this intro. I'm still like really, really amateur with this. I never know what to say. Like that's when I really see that I'm not a natural English talking person. <laughs> not my native language either. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's start with this, Andy. Can you please just tell us who... Andy Wagner is. Oh, I'm Andy Wagner. I'm the owner of Sunshine Distribution. We make razor blades and ground control. I partner with Rems, Chuck. Oh, we have some other cool stuff in the works too. <laughs> and you are German, right? Uh, yeah, originally. And then I moved to San Diego probably 25 years ago. And the first five years, I went back and forth. It was, that was kind of stressful. And then I decided I move everything to the uh, to, uh, over here to California. Okay. So when you when you first moved to California, um, did you add razors already, or you started razors? Razor was the first brand that you started, right? Um, yeah. No, actually, I had my uh, my first thing was actually windsurfing, mm -hmm. and then from uh, and that it uh, involved into like a clothing company. Because my hardware was really good, so everybody wanted to buy it. Then one day I decided to make T-shirts, and then uh, all of a sudden the T-shirts of the thought it's a best-selling item. And then from then on, it uh, it turned into like a clothing company. It was uh, it made sweatshirts, shorts, uh, pants, and all kinds of stuff. You know, hats, backpacks. And eventually it turned uh, when snowboarding uh, snowboarding came up. It was like in the late eighties. We decided to make a snowboarding. Um, snowboarding line though so that took off too and uh, that was actually the reason i wanted to move to uh, california i wanted to distribute the the clothing line there what, what was the name I, of the brand uh, yeah it was sunshine it was sunshine yeah okay yeah and you were, weren't you like a pro windsurfer or something like that no it was i was never pro but i was really good and it was not just it was my passion okay yeah it's like i did uh i started when i probably was 16 and it's kind of like the same thing what people do in, in skating now, you know, like when you, at that time, you know, windsurfing was new and fresh, you know, you did that 24-7. You didn't do, that's all you talked about, that's all you did, anywhere you went, you know, you, it was just about windsurfing, you know, all your friends uh, were windsurfers, you know. And then, of course, you, you needed wind and, and waves too, you always had to go to, like, exotic places you know one of the best places was of course hawaii you know and then the cool thing was anytime you went there you met people and that was way before the internet but still people knew you who you were and you and a lot of times you knew them you know oh this is you man it's so cool to meet you you know so it's basically the same thing but uh what 
rollerbladers experience uh, uh, these days you know yeah. and that's and for me it's it's basically the same mentality you know and it's 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 when everyone uh, before snowboarding you know it's an action sport just like blading you know it's kind of like anti-corporate you know you want to do uh, it's about individuality you want to do your own thing it's not necessarily about competing it's just like having a mastering those obstacles you know for me it was mastering those massive waves you know because he wants to get washed in like uh, in like a five meter wave you know that's I know exactly what that is. I, I used to to bodyboard a lot, but since I since I moved to South Africa, I'm scared of sharks. So uh, another question: did, did, did you never went to Portugal? Because there's a lot of Germans German windsurfers that every know, now and then they go to Portugal. I know. You know what? It's on my bucket list. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll come there one day. You know, I've been to Tarifa in Spain, so that was the closest probably to Portugal. Yeah, but there's no but, waves in there. You gotta go to Guincho. <laughs> you gotta go to Gincho Beach. That's known for windsurfing. There's like big waves and wind yeah. and all that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we keep going. I I did knew about the windsurfing, but some of the people, like most of the people listening to this, they have no idea. So That's what wild. I did, like before having this conversation with you, I did post something on my Facebook and I said I was going to do it, and I had some people making some questions, and one wow. of the first questions that people made and it's good so that we can get the listeners to listen to this right away so what's happening with the new razor skate uh, when is it shipping. is it shipping <laughs> so the yep. name of it is shift right yep and what else can you tell us about that skate uh, well it's kind of like actually it's a mix between the the sl and the cult so what it does it's uh it has the shape of the cult so it's a lot tighter. So you have a really tight fit, and basically, actually, you have a lot more control over the uh, the skate because this SL was a little bit wide. You were kind of moving a little bit. Also, the instep is a little bit uh, was a little bit higher. So now it's a really super tight fit, and uh, you, you can control it uh, super well. Okay. The other thing is, and another feature is, you can exchange frames in fifteen seconds. Yeah, that's something that I heard about like two, about two years ago. That was like when I yeah, first. Yeah, I've been working on it for a long time. <laughs> yeah, but so the thing, and I remember that when the SL first came out, the first thing uh -huh. about the SL was how slim the sole plate was and how much we could feel when when we would grind. Is it also yeah. really slim the sole plate on the new skate? Yeah, exactly. yeah basically, what the SL was, the secret was that we eliminated the bottom of the uh, of the boot so mm. basically you were standing directly on the sole frame and that's why you felt the ground uh, the ground so much better mm -hmm. i remember and that. that was and and, and and that was and uh, uh, a lot of people or everybody said oh my god this is so good this is the best skate ever you know and so the new skate has the same thing it's a there's actually like a, a tiny layer but it's, but it's just two millimeter you don't notice it you know but okay. you're still super close to the ground, so you don't notice that, uh, that difference between that itself. And how does it work that you change the frame in 15 seconds? How many okay. screws does <laughs> that have? Uh, well, it doesn't have screws. Oh. But actually, let's say we did, we did, we did put two screws in just for safety. But uh, we don't, you don't need them. We did have, we had a photo production and in in our film, our film production in, in France a couple of weeks ago, and they were skating hard like for a whole week and. Uh, 
only one guy had a problem at one time it, it popped up when he jumped off a ledge and the ledge was um, sticking out and, and on the way up he hit it and then the prank fell off okay. but other than that but nobody else had a problem so you actually you don't need it you know but for safety reasons we to put two screws in so you still have to take those screws out so it takes another so it's something like a sliding mechanism or something like that yeah. slide and lock you know the way it works is are you familiar with the sl skate yes i do you know it has those it has those tongue and grooves and it has sliders on the uh, on the outside mm -hmm. also with tongue and grooves and this the sole frame and the uh, and the sliders are secured with t-nuts okay. there's a lot of and then one time i told one of my riders actually was uh Kuni, i told him hey Kuni, can you take out the uh the, the screws on the inside because i want to see if the tongue and grooves are enough to hold the skate. No, I said, okay, sure, no problem, I do that. So, I did heard about that. You know what? I yeah, did, yeah. I did, I did heard about uh, how impressed Queenie was with the skate in a conversation with with other uh, with a, a USD skater. He he, uh -huh. he said how impressed he was with the skate. So. I, I didn't know about it. That's cool. That's really cool. Yeah, so anyway, I'm really excited to see it. And what about the liner? What what liner are you going to use in it? Uh, it's the same liner as the uh, SL as the SL3 actually. That was a really good liner. Okay, but it, it's it's not a jug liner anymore, right? No, it's a it's a razor liner for now. Yeah, but is there any differences for the people listening to this? Is there a, a big difference between the jug liners and the razors liners, or? Uh, you know what? They are. Um, they're pretty similar. To be honest with you, we don't have big plans for uh, for a jug anymore. Mm -hmm. We have other plans. Okay, that's good. exciting. You want to talk use. about them, or you can't talk about them yet? Uh, it's a little bit too early. Okay. It'll be, yeah, no, I don't want to talk about it. It's, it'll be a surprise. Okay. But it's coming, it's coming along really well. I got the first prototype, and it looks amazing. Okay, it's that's... like a, a lasted, you know, it's not just sewn. It's, it's lasted like a shoe. It's built around a shoe, so it, I, it looks like a, like a shoe, you know, like from the, the, the shape of it. So it fits a lot better, very snug, you know, very slim. And, but that's not going to be in the SL, in the new skate yet. Okay. It's, uh, it's I was talking with Oli Bennett on the last one of these skate talks that we did. And we were talking mm -hmm. how unfair it was for you guys, Razors, that of the way that the first picture came out. Because people ended up seeing a picture that wasn't... I'm pretty sure that's not what you wanted to show of the skate, basically. It wasn't the yeah. best picture. We all know it. So the question no, is... Yeah, I know. Like someone just revealed it. The question is, when are you guys going to reveal the first pictures of the skate or the first video, oh, or how are you go how are you going to make the the announcement of the skate? Probably in five six weeks. Okay. Do you, Do you have a plan for the announcement of the skate, or? You um. Well, we like that. We've already filmed and edited. So once once we are getting closer, then we'll we'll uh, uh, we'll drop it. Okay. So the thing is, there's like different ways of doing this marketing thing. You, we both know it, which is some brands like Velo, as an example, they, the pro skaters have have the skates, and they when the video come out, when the skate come out, all the pro skaters already have it. And I know that Razors has been doing that. So the question yeah, is, do the do the pro skaters already have the skates right now? Are they skating them already like top secret or? 
uh, no owners of once did that as a tour in France, and we wanted to give them uh, to the other uh, to the other writers too, but then the, the production got delayed. Yeah, but at the same time, it's good. It's not good that inline skating is not that big. But with inline skating not being that big, it's easier to to hide a, a product, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, the, uh, one of the questions that we had in here was from Kali. I don't know if you if you know Kali is from is from Barcelona. He does work with Power Slider, does some designing thing. But he made a question which quite quite make sense so he was asking what do you think it's the most powerful when it comes to to a, a to a brand is it the marketing or really the product uh you know what let's say it this way it's when the kids are younger it's definitely the marketing but on the other hand yeah you know let's say it this way you can, you can sell a shitty product even if it's it's good marketing Yeah, I know that. But oh, then the oh, thing is, like is. with inline skating, like right now, may, most of the inline skaters, we all know they're older, so it, it might yeah, be a problem. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, let's say it this way. It's if you have a, you have, you need both. If you have the best product and no marketing, you still don't sell it. Yeah, but that's, do you, think, do, but do you think that's related to the time that we are right now? Like the no, state of no. inline skating or? No, it's always like that. It's, it's always been like that and it always will be, you know, because people at the end of the day, they look up what they're, uh, they always look up to the best writers, you know, and uh, even though sometimes it's just on a local level, but they always look up what the local, uh, uh, the best local writer, uh, local writer has, you know. I remember that. And I remember comes... that two years ago, uh, no, a little bit more like three or four years ago when I, I stayed at your place. Thank you so much for that. <laughs> when I, when I, when I stayed at your place about four years ago, You told me that the plan that you had for marketing back then was to to have like the best skater from from each city where skating was big or at least big enough to have the best skater using razor skates. And I ended up seeing that you had a lot of people skating with razor skates, which is really good. But at, in the end, my question is, are we selling skates with that? Because at the moment, I don't see, I don't know, like... In South Africa, I've been working a lot with getting, trying to get more people into skating. I know some places in Europe, we, in some places we have enough skaters, but a lot of places, it kind of feels like there's more people getting free skates than... <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. Of course, yeah that, you know, you're totally right. The problem is because the numbers drop so much, so it doesn't make sense. You know, if you only have uh, three or four uh, riders in a city, then give them a, a free skate that doesn't, that doesn't pay off, you know? Yeah, and in these days, you know, in blading, in blading is a little bit different uh, uh, the, because you a lot of the stuff is online, you know. So if if, if you make if you produce good online content, then that, uh, that that's pretty much the marketing you need, you know. People, but you still have to produce uh, content, or your writers have to film and, and and show that, you know. Yeah, of course. And so, so you you still see that uh, that your. Uh, irrelevant you know and that your that the writers can do amazing stuff i know product, i know that know? razors i think it was the first razors was the first brand to to make a youtube channel or at least to to be strong uh -huh. at it and i remember uh -huh. that since the beginning do you guys even at a at a vimeo channel or a vimeo profile are you always 
stayed with. Yeah, yeah, we did have, but eventually most people uh, uh, watch uh, YouTube these days. You know, Vimeo. The, the main reason was because in some countries they uh, they are very strict with music rights, especially Germany, and uh, they could not see any of our YouTube content, which was probably one of the reasons why we were never strong in uh, in, in Germany because uh, nobody saw what we did. What we did, you know. Mm -hmm. But now that, oh, that's uh, but that's also like a problem with most of the skaters, and I work with that on a daily basis. I know what that is. Most of the skaters they they do not understand that they can't use music which they don't own the copyrights. It's like people keep complaining, but the truth is, if I'm filming myself skating, I film it. I don't want anyone else to use my clips without my permission. So it's kind of like the same with. With the music, people yeah. that makes music, they they want to get yeah. something out of it. So now it's slowly getting there. So yeah, no, but, it, but it, uh, it's, it's still you know I mean, you get there ways around it. You know you can get uh, 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 copyright free, uh, free music, but uh, it's a lot of time it's not the same. You know, of course it's not. You won't get the same, the exact same music or the yeah. hit that you you're watching on TV and all that, but. And music just is a big part of it, you know. Like if you just look at it this way, you know, sometimes you have you see the most amazing uh, skating, but then the music is kind of slow. You know, it kind of makes you fall asleep, you know. But then you have to see something with super upbeat, uh, upbeat music, then it, you get all hyped too, you know. <laughs> I know so what it, you mean. And I have another not, question out of that. So I I saw razors. I think yeah, it was mostly razors. I never saw that happening with ground control. Probably happened a little bit too. But I saw like in the past, razors went from like, I don't know if I can say this word, but went from like rock and roll to gangster to to different styles. You know, does that make sense? Uh -huh. What I'm saying? <laughs> you know what? Here's the thing. I don't care about music. I just care about making good skates. Okay. And honestly, so I don't. I didn't really knew for a long time. That the kid said it's so important. Mm. It it's not. I don't think it's that important. It's like somehow it happened, you know. Like there was no, that yes, the, in ego. Yes, it know? was completely gangster. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, basically, what happened is, you know, I played uh, uh, kind of like uh, in the early days, you know, it was, it was Shima, Elliot, and they were in rock and roll, you know. And then we got Murder and Dre, and um, so then they they were in hip hop, you know. And then uh, eventually the so it was kind of at that time it was balanced, let's say this way, you know. But and then Shima, um, Shima started his own company, Nim and Elliot too, you know. So then uh, basically the rock and roll, rock and roll side was gone, you know. And then Julian came in, and then it totally turned into hip hop, you know. But the thing <laughs> is, I, I did not. It was I didn't like that. I didn't monitor that. Yeah, I it wasn't controlled. I, I, I get it. I get it. Yeah, said. I don't monitor the the, the pen the width of the pants you know i didn't know that that's a, you know I, I just thought my job was to make uh, good skates you know and not <laughs> watch the watch the pants size of your riders you know i did eventually learn that you know and then i no, damn crap this is not this is going in the wrong direction i don't want to be pushed in a corner you know then i uh i made sure that uh we, we got uh more uh, uh, more rock and rollers into it you know <laughs> no, but I, I'm not saying that as like I'm not judging. I, I'm no one to no, judge. No, no, I went no, from no. baggy to 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 skinny to don't care. Basically, that's I think that's what yeah. I am right now. I just don't care. But yeah. <laughs> I think yeah, no, like, I never cared. You know? So for me, it's really not never an issue. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. 
I thought I was my job was to make skates. <laughs> yeah, you, I think you did good. Seriously. And <laughs> I, I, one more question. So I do know, like, when the last time when I was in, when I was in California, was no, it wasn't the last time, but it was the last time I did saw you. You told me that back then there was no more Razor's house. Can you explain us a little bit what the Razor's house was and what happened in there? Uh, basically, you know what? Honestly, the idea was that I wanted the guys in California, you know, in the capital, especially North County, San Diego, is the capital of skateboarding, you know? And the idea is we have great skate parks, great public skate parks and everything. And a great, um, uh, the YMCA is a super popular park. Mm -hmm. And the idea was, you know, like if my guys go to the skate parks on a regular basis, eventually, you know, they were all great guys, you know, Aragon, Dre, and uh, whatever, you know. They were the and best. They are, <laughs> yeah, no, and they are really, really good with kids too. But the idea is if we, if they are there on a regular basis, they will turn little skateboarders around. It's like it's happening, you know. People will see what they're doing. They see they have as they travel the world. It's a, they're pros. They're living in a great house. They, they they do that for a living, you know. Chances are that they will turn some people around, you know. And if that happens, you know, we can we might be able to get to change the the way people think, you know. And a lot a lot of times when I, uh, my neighbor, for instance, is uh, uh, Buck you know, when I, uh, I know that government. I know that. <laughs> They all respect each other, you know. They they have no uh, no problem with them because they're all great guys, you know. They actually uh, the guys were allowed to skate his pool, and uh, no, they they respected them, you know. So the idea is, hey, maybe we can break it, uh, break the ice, you know. And if that happens, then maybe we can get plates into some of the skate shops locally, you know. And then if we're able to get the skates in a skate shop, in a hardcore skate shop, in Ensmidas. Or it calls better anywhere, you know. We any skate, the ice is broken, and no skate shop around the world has an excuse not to carry rollerblades. Problem is, they never went to the skate parks. And uh, I remember <laughs> that too, you told me that they but... were too busy partying. <laughs> but now, well, right now, now, so now that still had a good time, you know, and the house was all. I, I don't regret it. You know, I had a blast. I loved it. I went. Anytime I went over there, it was the best times, you know. It was just super chill, you know. And honestly, it was like a, it, it was like a sacred place, you know. We only the, the where you always met the best riders in the world, and it was just such a cool uh, 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 vibe. It, it was awesome. Yeah. Basically, you allowed this group of people who were some of the best skaters in the world to really live the dream, huh? <laughs> yep, no, it was awesome. Now, anybody there probably will confirm that it, it was. I do know. I do know that one of my best friends, the no, one of my best, seriously, my best friend is from Portugal. His name is Samuel Dias. He used to skate for Razors, and he he was actually invited more than once to to go to the Razors house when you guys were filming for um for the last video something the children right? I don't remember the name. I'm sorry. The last video that you the amateur video, the last one that you guys did. It was a long time. Yeah, it was like four years ago, something like that. But the children of the future? Yeah, that's it. Children of the future now, I think. That's it. Around four years ago, maybe five. Yeah, but not right like right now I don't think any brand is making like full videos. Uh, Valo is, I think Valo is coming with Valo Six. Anyway, now that leads me to my next question. I know that you still have the house, but 
somehow also when I was back in California the last time, again, around four years ago, we were speaking about how the inline skating industry was back then and not like sadly, not happy about it, like seriously, sadly went a little bit more down than it was. Now I think somehow in some places in the world is going up, but the truth is if you wouldn't invest on other things, you couldn't have the you couldn't have razors and ground control and all that. I do know that you're really, really successful with scooters. And I also know and some people might judge me for saying this. I I know some people on the inline skating industry that they don't really appreciate it. But I do respect what you do and I do know what you're doing with that. But can you explain us a little bit how you got into scooters and if you if you would put like a percentage like on how much time you spend on scooters nowadays and how much you how much you spend on on in on inline skates would it be 50 50 40 60 or anything like that yeah. can you explain us a little bit about the scooter project uh well the scooters you know here's the thing is because like i said uh, rollerblading was declining a lot you know and then uh, and, uh, the, uh, the big eye opener was in 2010 so basically, the, uh, the economy came out of the recession from the 2008, you know, after the, so we were mm -hmm. declining all the time, you know. But then in 2010, the general economy came out of recession, was actually really good, but our sales still dropped 10%. I said, damn, this is not good, you know. So we are, uh, everything else, everybody else is doing good, so it's not recession related. So it is, we have a major problem. Well, and uh, the problem is we have no, no new kids coming in. And then uh, all the older guys, uh, you know, they get families, they get jobs, don't have uh, that much time and money to spend on on, uh, on skates, you know. Mm -hmm. And then that's why it, it was declining. So I had to, I had to decide, man, I need to do something else, you know, because otherwise I will eventually go to, uh, go out of business if that keeps going, you know. And, and then I thought, uh, man, what can could we do, you know? And, and, and I've been in Australia before, and they kept telling me, man, you need to get into scooters; it's booming, you know. And a lot of actually a lot of the retailers that carry blades were got into scooters too. And they said, you know what, it's actually uh, interesting and I probably could, could do well there, you know. Yeah, and then that's, that's how scootering basically started. It was, it still took me a while and uh, only now we are really start, uh, starting to um, uh, keep serious, uh, get serious traction. But you, get, you and, did like the first scooter shoe brand, Elitz, and they did really good right from the beginning, right? Uh, it, yeah, but then we still had a lot of, we didn't have the right riders, you know, there was lots of issues, you know, My, the riders didn't reach out to the, to the other core riders, they kind of kept to themselves, so it never really uh, uh, reached the full uh, uh, market where it should be, you know. Uh, I have other plans, I'm starting a new shoe company with, with core riders now, and, and that's, that will blow up, that's, that'll be an instant success, you know, kind of like with rain back in the day, you know, when everybody okay. had those, you know. Anyway, yeah. but... Uh, so, so scootering now, it's it probably it's a little bit more than half of our business. The ad, advantage is we have tons of kids coming into the market every year. The disadvantage is they all, most of them quit once they, once they turn 15, 16. So mm -hmm. it's exactly the opposite problem what we have in blading. In blading, we don't have new kids coming in, and everybody's getting older. And in scootering, we have tons of new kids coming in, but they all move on and they're 15, yeah. 16. I, I get a little bit frustrated, and I have to say, I get frustrated because it's the same. 
I think it's the same everywhere in the world right now. It's not just we don't have that many new inline skaters coming in, but the thing is, as soon as the, as the new kids find out about sex and they have their first girlfriend, they end up giving up everything they do. I think like <laughs> they're giving up the scooters probably. Yeah. <laughs> it's part yeah. of that. But you said it's yeah, a little. Yeah, no, they're getting cars and <laughs> you know, they get girls. You know, they have other priorities. No. Yeah. It's it, it's kind of normal, and even in blading or in skateboarding, you know, once you turn twenty, is not a lot. Of, or you have to move out of your house, you know, because then you don't have uh, as much discretionary money to uh, to spend, you know. So you have to. Uh, you cannot buy every new skate anymore, and that, and you don't get a three hundred dollar uh, uh, gift every Christmas, you know, from your parents. Mm-hmm, of course. And I, I ended up realizing since I moved to South Africa too, at least compared to Europe. In Europe, if I would ever need to go to hospital or if I, if I would fall, basically, if I would need a surgery or anything else, I would just go to the hospital and the government helps me with that. I'd, if I don't have money, that doesn't, that doesn't mean that I'm not going to get the surgery that I need. In fact, I broke my leg in Germany about, I don't know, 12, 14, 15 years ago, I don't even know. And I got like a surgery in Munich. But since I moved to South Africa, I've been realizing it's completely different here. And I know in the States, it's kind of like the same, which is if I break my leg, if I don't have money for the surgery, they won't make it. If you don't have, if you don't have uh, an insurance. So that might be a big role of uh, like, might be one, like a big, uh, an important reason for people to, to somehow I think it, yeah you know what i think that that thinking kicks in when you're older yeah you get more and you get more responsible you know when you have a job you don't want to uh jeopardize that that you'll be, be out for two or three weeks because you might even lose that job you know and but when you're young in your 20s you don't think about that yes at least you can have health insurance you know you you, you think you're invincible okay So that might make sense. I, I do not. I do. I didn't know about it. Seriously, I never even experienced that. But since I moved here, I start feeling it. So I thought that that could even be a barrier. I don't know something that could. It definitely is. I'm, I'm sure it is. You know, when I talk to people, you know, and, and uh, said, "Ah, oh, you know, I'm not, I can't afford to get hurt." You know, <laughs> but not necessarily. Even if they have health insurance, but because they are afraid to, if they can't do their job anymore. <laughs> yeah, that makes completely sense. That's, that's... <laughs> on another question, back on skates, and then probably uh -huh. I'll get back to scooters. I'll be jumping scooters and skates and whatever. So, the last time I was in California, you told me that the skate that used to sell the most was Brian skates. So, Aragon skates used to sell like any, like no other skate would, because it was a Nero. Yeah. Did you felt like the numbers going down? since Aragon left? You know what? The thing is, the, this is actually two things. The, the, the numbers in general are going down for everybody, you know, and we talk to retailers too, you know, when they said, no, you, you still have the same market share as before. The, but when it comes to pro skates, the thing is, the only, uh, the, the only successful pro skates are the ones if you have a superstar. Somebody that everybody says, has no doubt oh he is beyond everything like mm -hmm. shima happy um and then aragon of course you know anytime i made a, a, a skate for somebody who was not on that level that skated way way worse you know 
then it actually was better I do a, a, a generic team scale like a SL or something because those skates actually sell just as well as a uh, as, as a top pro skate. Yep. So Maybe there's no plans for any pro skate anytime soon. I find another Aragon. <laughs> <laughs> well, that you you have that French kid which I don't know, uh, Nicolas. Sauv- I don't know how to say. Uh, no, I have a lot of I have a lot of good French writers. That's yeah, one but of the, the one that I'm <laughs> saying, and you lost Roman. I have to say, like <laughs> Roman was freaking amazing, and he still is. He was, uh, he was a little bit on the park side, so. So yeah. we'd like to have, and a little bit competitive. He was honest, to be honest with you, he was, it, even in France, he was not fully respected. Yeah, I'm not saying that, yeah, he's, I get what you said, he's, he's seriously amazing, and right now it's slowly starting, like people are starting to respect what but he does. And... He is a, but he is an amazing skater, you know, and I wish him all the best and, and everything, you know, but then it was his decision to, to, uh, to leave, and uh, that's okay, you know. I somehow understand, a, like being an European and having like the the base, the, the brand base close to him. It's a lot easier to work with the brand, and probably that's why Razor's always worked really good with American riders. I do not know, but the, you know what the thing is. Look at this way. That's the, I was just about to say that the problem is that there is not much interaction between countries especially in europe you know if you live in portugal you don't really care what's going on in germany same thing as the, the, the other way around you don't care if i grew up in germany i didn't even care what's going on in austria they speak the same language same in america <laughs> no. you, don't, you don't know anything what's going on in the in, in their neighboring country in that scene because you're so focused on local same here in the in, in san diego now we live 30 minutes from the mexican border we don't know anything what's going on skating-wise or even scootering-wise in, in Mexico. But now with the internet, didn't that change? Huh? Didn't that change with the internet? Uh, not, not that. Maybe a little bit if something is absolutely amazing. But still, you still, you know, all your friends and everything is mostly is uh, is local and you interact with the, with, the, with the national guys, you know. But some, and it's a different language, you know, all the, the, the message boards or whatever, you know. Because they, of course, there's an international aspect too. But the problem is, everybody or the difference is everybody looks up to the United States, but they don't look, and sometimes they don't want to look what's going on in the neighboring countries. Yeah, they don't I get what you're saying, and it's somehow it's frustrating for me sometimes. I'm not saying I, I have a lot of American friends and a lot of people living in America which aren't Americans, but somehow it's frustrating seeing like countries like Poland or Spain that they have so many skaters like compared to any other place in the world they have so many even Indonesia I do know that it's the the, the place like PowerSlide has around 40,000 subscribers on their YouTube and if I'm not mistaken 70% of the viewers are from Indonesia that just means there's a lot of interest. It's a different type of skating. It's, I'm not talking about aggressive skating, but that just what I'm trying to say with these is like there's so many places where there's so many good skaters, and usually where there's a lot of good skaters, there's you there are usually a lot of really good skaters too. But then 
it's somehow frustrating that people keep looking at America the whole time. Yes, there are really, really good skaters in America. Brian Erdogan is just one of them. And he... you know, I, you know, and, and I know why it is, because I am German. We did not, you know, everybody thinks his hometown is the shit. That's actually the center of the universe. <laughs> and everything else, because we have this, but the best, this is the biggest and whatever, you know. Everybody else is just whatever, you know, but we are the real shit. That's how everybody thinks. <laughs> so and then you have a neighboring country, you don't, well, somebody in France might do good shit, ah, whatever, you know, it doesn't care. But They're then only, why do they look to America like that? Because America, that's what, you know, it's a, it, it, it's a cultural thing, you know, because that's you see all the movies, that's a, that's a most, uh, all the music uh, is American. Even in Germany, the music had to be American. Even German musicians had to sing in english it's ridiculous but it's how it is they even realized that damn it has to be american <laughs> like david so, asshoff <laughs> yeah exactly well, he's not even, he's not even that people laugh at him about uh, about him in in the us you know but in germany it's a superstar you know either way you know but that's how it is you know and you see all the movies in from hollywood and they think it's the greatest country on earth you know they uh, or it's paradise it's it's just like a It's a, it's a dream. It's 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 not reality, but that's how it's been portrayed. You know, the, the, then you have to. Yeah, it's the whole media. It's us being influenced yeah, by exactly, media. You know? And you know what? And then, well, let's say this: for the U.S., you have a, a lot more creativity there because the people there they don't have a safety net as in in, in Europe. You know, they have nothing to lose. That's why there are a lot more. That's uh, that's why they uh, open companies. Mm -hmm. And that takes the risks. They're a lot more risk friendly than the Europeans, you know. And the European, if you fail by bankruptcy, that's a damn you're done, you know. And uh, but in America, there's no no problem. And like I said, they have nothing to lose, you know. And of course, you have especially California. The weather is nice. You can do your sports, especially action sports, can do it year round and stuff, you know. Yeah. But anyway, everybody accepts the U.S. That's a, that's okay. That's cool, you know. And anytime you send us an American anywhere else. They treat him like a superstar. It is. I know star. that. Especially like, like if he goes to Asia well, or something like that in Asia. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> even no, it's the same thing. Or even same thing if you, or if you're from France or from Western Europe and go to Eastern Europe, you're a star. You know, that's how it, <laughs> everything is West. You know, so uh, that, that explains it. You know, but they don't. There's a little bit of jealousy. You know, yeah. they don't. But wanna, going back to the one of the first uh, questions, what I asked you about marketing or product, then huh? it's kind of like. I don't know if this makes sense, but that that will be saying that the marketing is more important than the product when it comes to a skater. See, it's just like the American skater would be more marketable than than a better skater because he's from somewhere else, and maybe that's why a lot of brands keep a lot of American riders, even if the 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 American skating market is smaller than in some other countries. I don't know, but yeah, I, I would say no. The American market is not; uh, uh, it's still okay. Uh, no, it's not okay, but it's uh, it's still a decent size. Do you have an idea another, how many skaters we have in America? No, no. You know, another thing is the big retailers they send as they ship everywhere around the world. So, you know, for me, it's hard to tell yeah, where exactly I get they what ship. You're saying. You know, they sell them to Indonesia, they sell them to ship them to Australia. You no, know? they have a really good operation. You know, but they they got it, the shipping down. So, um, yeah, and, and then and then you have big brands like like K 2s and Rollerblades selling to, and no one knows about their numbers. So it's kind of hard to track how many skaters you got. Yeah, yeah. I still don't think that they are 
say their numbers in aggressive are big. Yeah, I bet. I bet no, but like the thing is, that's that was my next question for you, which is like, skating is changing, and you know it. I know you know it. Like you saw, I'm pretty sure you saw Brian Harrigan skating with big wheel skates, with three wheel skates, like two or three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. What are your plans when it comes to big wheels? Do you have plans? I love them. I just come back, came back from an hour ride in New York City. Absolutely amazing. Big have you been skating skate. them? I just came back, just came back. Like that's why I was late. You know, I was, and that's the reason I stayed in New York City. You know, New York City is, or Manhattan is the best city for playing. And then especially the West Side, from back all the way from the south to the north, it's like a, uh, the finest. Uh, bike I, I know, I know, I know. I used, I, I used to ride bikes. They're not really yeah. skated yet, but I. Interesting. It, so cool, you know. It's and you know it's. it's that's the thing about blading, you know. It's and I always say that blading is too much fun for not to come back. And now with those big wheels, so I had one, I, I was I had one twenty fives. And it's wait, like, what it's skates awesome. did you add? <laughs> my, my, my new skate. No way. <laughs> you, yeah, that's you, the thing. That's a, is it a razor change. skate? My my new. It's you know what you can do with the aggressive skate with the shift. You can swap the frame, like I said, in 15 seconds, and then you put a uh, 125 uh, millimeter frame on. What? Do you have a 125 frame? <laughs> a 125 yeah. frame, just, you just put it in the, in the same boot? Yep. That's so crazy. if you only need one skate, one liner, one everything, you know, you just need the, the extra frame. And actually what it is, you, 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 you change the whole sole frame. So the sole frame is always attached to the frame. So just, that's and that's how you change it so fast, you know. But then I have a second sole frame, like uh, the like for fit, for free skating, you don't need the wings, you know. You don't do uh, that many. You can do yeah. that, but for you don't need the for, soles. For me, yeah, I know the soles. I, I don't do tricks, you know. I just I made a a, a, a slimmer sole frame, which is just has the same shape as a boot. It's like a, it's a, the perfect free skate. The main advantage actually is because you know, like the, the problem what a lot of manufacturers have. Because the boot material is soft and it has to be soft because you want some kind of flex. Yes, yes. But yes. Then, and then if you mount the sole frame directly on the boot, you have flex. And then, I don't know if you remember the the first the yes. murder skate. The murder skate. You had it came with grind plates and the boot, the frame was mounted directly onto the skate. But the Genesis, actually that was the Genesis boot, is a massive boot and massive material, you know. But then eventually we changed it, we uh, put a sole frame on as a skate. And everybody said, oh my God, man, this is so much better. It's so much stiffer, so much more responsive. And that's when I, I knew, uh, when I learned that we need, uh, for especially for free skating, because everybody was struggling with that, getting the transfer of power uh, down, you know. So now we have the sole frame, the fiberglass with nylon, you know, it doesn't give a bit. It's super stiff. And the power gets distributed over the whole width of the boot. Now you don't, especially with the big frames now, you have so much leverage in the big wheels, you know? Mm-hmm. You need something strong. And so it basically solves the problem. That <laughs> and makes, you can change that, make, that makes sense. That makes sense. So you have like a, it's kind of like the, like PowerSlide has that system, the Trinity, which basically it's, it's like a, a wider front and that will make your power of transfer be a lot more and also when you like even for the impact the 
when, when you roll, you don't feel vibration on one line. You feel the vibration through all your foot. And it's kind of like the same if you have a, a stiff sole plate. It doesn't need to be a sole plate. Like you said, if it's something stiff underneath the boot, basically the whole vibration is going through your whole foot. And that's also, uh, other than just the power of transfer, also the vibration is spread through your whole foot, which is a good thing. So that's, oh, that's, cool. that's, yeah, that's, sure that's there are several ways to do it, you know. That's but, a, those uh, are good news, but now tell me something. Is Brian Nerrigan skating the 125s now? Because he was, he, was, he was good on those three-wheel skates. You need to bring Aragon back. Uh, yeah, I haven't talked to him for a while. Yeah? I, might, I might hit him up. No, but I love three wheels. It's just amazing. It's, so, it's, it's amazing what a difference it makes if you go from 80 millimeter to 110 or 125. And you know, the amazing thing is you don't even... Um, I, I was always afraid to be a little bit maybe too high. No, it doesn't bother you at all, you know. Or uh, then it's it's totally stable. I was surprised how stable it is. I might, I thought it would be a little bit uh, nervous or so. No, not at all, you know. And actually, I I, I, feel, I think it's even for turning. It's even more radical because when you know when you turn, it puts a, a weight on the back of the foot, and then it basically the uh, the center wheel uh, uh, works at as as a pivot point. So the front wheel lifts up a little bit so you turn on a dime you know? it's like yeah i like it it's exactly what i've been saying and at the same time the good thing about the 125s in my opinion is because you're like taller to the ground that means that you can lean more without having without being afraid of the boot touching basically if i want to slide or if i want to just yeah. do a, a tight turn i will never be scared of my boot touching on 125s when i skate on 100s then it's a different thing. It can happen. Yeah. But still, like downhill but, uh, skaters, they've been saying, they've been like a lot of downhill skaters have been talking to me because every time I make a little downhill video, they complain, no, but you're skating 125s. You, you're going against the rules. It's kind of like what they say, but it's, I don't, think, I don't think there's rules. Now that they say like, I should use like five times 90 and I understand what they say, which is if I use 590, when I slide, there's more wheels touching the floor, which gives me more control. But then, what I keep saying is yes, but then I'm lower to the ground. Yes, more control, but then easier for the boot to touch. And if the boot touches, then I'm down. So it's different way of seeing it. You know, I don't know if you get what I'm saying. Yeah. It's just like different way of looking at it. If I follow their logic, you know, the bottom line is if you have bigger wheels, you have uh, they turn less, so you have less friction. It's just like that. So that's why you have bigger wheels, like in mountain bikes. They have those 26 wheels now. You know, same thing. You know. It's and, and you can tell the bigger the wheels, the 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 faster it is. Yeah, but at the same time, the truth is, if I have a ninety millimeter wheel or a one twenty five, there's more surface of the same wheel touching, because the radius is bigger. So yes, I do not have the same traction on three one twenty fives than on five ninety. But at the same time, I have more than I if I would use three nineties. Honestly, I have enough traction. I have all the traction I need. I, I never, for a second, thought I don't. I don't have enough traction. <laughs> I could see if it's for speed. No, for speed, maybe if you have five wheels, you know, it's maybe it's probably possibly a little bit more more stable. But you know, you definitely have a lot more friction. You know, I don't say. Uh, I, I don't. I'm not buying it. It's that it's faster. <laughs> and one it, question: What wheels yeah. are you going to use? Is it ground control wheels? Yeah. Uh, 
Okay, I saw that ground control. Basically, I saw this week, and I think they're sold out already. I saw that ground control has a 72 millimeter wheel with no hub. Is that it? It's is it kind of like the the Go blading wheel, the um, the Project blading wheel? Uh, you know, honestly, I don't even know. That, uh, I don't know if it's. If it was, uh, I think it was a 72 90. I'm not sure if it was a 72 millimeter, but either way, you know the. the you know the concrete wheels are really good and uh, they're good, a good value. Yeah. And do you have uh, any more sizes coming out? Is it? Like, I know that you oh, have. Yeah. Uh, hang on a second. Hello. I'm still at the hotel. I probably want to kick me out. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, what was the question? So you, I, I know that you have. I think it's sixties, sixty-four, seventy-twos. With mm -hmm. what other wheels are you going to? Um, yeah, we have. Uh, we're gonna have um, 64. We come, come back 66, 72. One of them we have 80, 110, 125s. Are you gonna have 110 too? So is that three wheel frame also yep. coming in 110? Yep. Is and the then, uh, is the 110 also with a with a sole plate kind of like the the rounded free skate or more like a grinding one? Do you have an idea? No, it's uh, you can you can put them on both. You can put the, 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 the you can put them on the aggressive soul frame or on the free skate soul frame. Oh, so basically, okay. All our all our, our new skate, even the fitness skate, or the free skate, is UFS. Okay, so I get what you're saying. Basically, what makes you change the plate? It's the whole soul plate, right? So when you change yeah. the frame, it, you keep you can keep the same frame that you already have. The only thing yep. that you'll change is the soul plate. Is that it? Yep. Yeah, yeah, and the soul frames are actually really cheap. They only make twenty five bucks or thirty bucks. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay, and now let's. I think I see that the guys at the, at the hotel they want to kick you out. Huh? I have two <laughs> questions. Any 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 forty five degree strap coming on any of your skates, or you gonna yeah. keep it? Yeah, yeah. basically we're gonna come out with a free skate, and that'll have like the the ratchet. Okay. Are you going to have a free yeah. skate, actually? Like a Razor's free skate? Or... Yep. yep. Okay. That'll be in about two and a half months. Okay. About a month after the, uh, after the shift skate comes okay, out. Okay, so the shift should be out in one and a half months. And then the free... Do you have a name for the, the free skate? Yeah, it's a, it's a Cosmo. Cosmo? Okay, so the Cosmo mm -hmm. will come out in two and a half months. That's good. Yep. Okay, and then the last question is... What can we do to change this industry to make it better? It's a it's a you really complex it, question. I think we're all trying the best, but yeah. No, here's the thing: you have to look how it started. Blading got really big when fitness skating was big, and the peak was in '95, '96. It was huge. Everybody tried it. Everybody, uh, everybody was on it, you know. And, and then actually, girls started it because it's a really good workout for the for mm -hmm. the girls. But and then all the guys got in because it was like a dating thing on almost, you know. And uh, you can actually tell, you know, I sometimes go to uh, to blading nights, you know. And hey, no, you, it's the best way to contact with people. At the end of the day, you know, you feel like you're a big family, you know. Like you you get to know everybody. It's socially, everybody's super relaxed, you know. You just have a great time, you know. And so that's how blading got big. It just got a bad rep and then it, uh, it, it, it declined, you know. But at that time, you know, the, a lot of kids, when they were 10 or 11, they got into blading too, maybe through the parents or whatever, you know, 
And then those guys, they were all born in 83, you know, and uh, they, at that, at that age, you are the most impressionable. And then they thought, oh, you know, kids get bored after, uh, after half an hour. You know, they want to do more. They want to jump over stuff, you know. To, and then they realized, oh, shit, there's uh, aggressive skating. You know, Arlo did amazing stuff. Uh, and uh, Chris Edwards and stuff, you know. Senate was there. They already did the whole thing. And it was unique. It was like their own little industry, you know, that did kind of a rebel thing, you know. Anyway, the kids, it was perfect for those kids, you know. That, oh, that's what I want to do, you know. And uh, that's when rollerblading exploded mm-hmm. but as uh fitness declined so declined uh rollerblading so no new, new kids basically came in you know so my theory is my thinking is if fitness skating or free skating comes back to the mainstream then aggressive will benefit from that uh, just as well yeah i keep saying the same which is like if we have more people skating there's more people going for okay for free skating speed skating aggressive skating it doesn't really matter i think we shouldn't we shouldn't focus only on aggressive skating in the end it's just skating it will be it will come it will only come back if if it explodes in or if it gets bigger in 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 recreational skating you know here's the thing is you skate especially with those big frames you know the it's too much fun to not to come back it it's, uh, uh, actually you me, skate uh, on the other ones you walk on these ones you skate <laughs> yeah no it's a whole different ballpark you know so a friend of mine carson he told me that you know what you can't blade without having a smile on your face and you know what it's true you know especially if the surface is smooth every stride is pleasure you have so much fun, you know, and it's especially in cities, you know, can, you can see everything, you can uh, you can roll around, and, and it's it's just awesome, you know. And the typical twenty-year-olds, they don't they don't even know about it, you know. That the, the peak was twenty years ago; they were barely born, you know. So it's only a matter of time until until people find out, you know. And if you look in some places in Europe, for instance, Spain, it's still huge, you know. They have. I just did a tour like a couple of uh, months ago, you know, and visiting shops. They, they have the finest shops there. They look like boutiques. <laughs> it's unbelievable. In Madrid alone, they have 40 inline skate schools. The, yeah, uh, I, know, I know some of the guys. It's crazy. And they have, they have schools just for slides. <laughs> Not schools for slides, yeah, yeah. but they have classes just for slides and classes just yeah, for... Which is good. Yeah, of course. It's good. amazing. But, but my bottom line is if something is fun, it will eventually catch up. Of course. And the, the and question that I have for you is, do you believe in the cycles? Everyone talks about the cycles, just like skateboarding went through cycles. I do. I'm a strong believer in that, you know, and I, because I went through that with many sports, with, with, no matter what it is, you know, if it's, and I see it in other sports. The problem is, when the sport comes out, you're in, you know, you everybody's excited, especially if it's young, you know, you, in, uh, you invent tricks, anybody can, copy them fairly or uh, pick them up fairly fast like in or you, you practice a little bit but then it gets more and more uh, harder and eventually it reaches a level then beginners will say oh my god i will never be able to do that yeah i keep saying the same and, I, somehow then, i think yeah. that i think that sometimes skating went to some i had this conversation with some people at the winter clash and some people think that I'm just I'm I'm crazy when I say that, but the truth is, skating went too much into the do or die thing, and I I will in, I'm including myself. I used to be the type of skater if I wouldn't 
try something that I challenged my life, I wouldn't be happy by the end of the day. But the truth is, this would never bring anyone else new to this, to skating. If I'm about to be a, a father soon, in two, three weeks, I hope. <laughs> and the thing is, when my my baby is born, like whenever she's like three, four, five, six, whatever, if she wants to do a sport that I see someone trying to kill themselves the whole time, that, well, if that's what she wants, I'll try to support. But at the same time, it's not really as a parent I would want for my kid. So it's, I think, relating skating to all these health and of course a smile in our face we need to enjoy what we do yes we always need people really challenging themselves that's good but like the complete industry going that way it's not good for a sport somehow that's my opinion that's, that's where you get that i call it peak sports because and i think it's a, it's a typical cycle it's like eight years after the beginning is the start that's when it reaches its peak or the plateau because it gets so hard and then from then on you have less and less people coming in because it's too hard and then it's 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 steadily declining okay so as, as someone who knows about business because you obviously someone who knows about business when do you think been, that I, don't know, I know about industries you know because i've been through so many yeah i know and that's why i'm asking you this question when do you think skating is supposed to start growing up and when when should we expect if you could predict something where when do you think that this peak could ever happen again you know what it's hard to predict but uh it really comes down to when uh, a free skating or uh, recreational comes back it it might be three years might be five years or ten years you don't know but what i know is it'll it will come back because it's too much fun okay and yeah. then aggressive will come back too Yeah, that's, but I'm not even trying. You know what? I think aggressive is like really important for me. But at the same time, when people look at skating, a lot of people don't look at aggressive skating. I, I want skating to grow, like skating in general. Because like I said before, that's skating is skating. And like I, I do know that I will always love this type of skating that we call aggressive skating. But in the end... When I'm like 50 or 60, I still want to skate. Probably I won't be able to flip here or flip there, but I, will, I hope that I can, I'm able to still maybe do a marathon back then. <laughs> so we'll see. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. We did. did. What I'm doing is that I'm a strong believer in that, you know. With, uh, that, it's kind of like that's why I invested in that uh, in a new skate and it's a lot of money you know? it's, it's I, like, I oh, know oh. I know that like yeah. all the molds but, and all that stuff but are you going to keep any possible. of the skate is the, any of the boot is the same or is it a complete new boot the mold is completely new no it's completely it's complete new okay. well the, the cuff we can, we can the old cuff still fits eventually we might uh, we, we will uh, we'll make another cuff but uh, that's it's not necessary not exactly necessary because okay. the current cuff is works really well but um anyway but it's like for me it's the thing is I'm, it's kind of like in stock market you know you invest yeah of course if you if you believe yeah but you, you usually invest if you believe in something of course you exactly. invest without knowing what's going to happen but you need to believe to invest in it so that's it's the good same as, like in stocks if, if you like a product really really much uh, a, a lot you know or a company then it's it might be a, it's the same that's it the stock will do well unless it's already totally overvalued, you know? 
I don't want to spread myself too thin. Okay. The, I, I might do something new if I have the right people. Mm-hmm. I, d- I did I did saw that like uh, John Elliott started something but apparently that didn't pick up. Yeah, no, his thing is you don't want to do too many things at a time because then you only have so much time, you know. Yeah, of course. That makes sense. I rather do the things that I'm that I know what I'm doing, you know. That makes sense. Okay. <laughs> It's completely better. Thank you so much, Andy. Yeah, Thank you so no much for taking the time to talk with me. I'm really excited about your new projects and i'm pretty sure people listening to this will also be excited about it okay thank you so much we'll stay in touch thank you thank you no problem thank you take care bye and that was it it seems like there's a lot of cool stuff happening and andy just revealed some of the new projects for from sunshine distribution including some free skates from razors and the release date for the new Razor Shift Skates. And that was it. I hope you guys enjoyed this skate talk with with Andy Wagner. There's more happening with important people for the skating industry. So you know what you need to do. <laughs> Just subscribe to the channel. There's like a little button underneath this video. If it's red, it means that you're not subscribing yet. If it's gray, you don't need to click it. But there's a bell on the side. If you click that bell, You'll get notifications every time that I upload a video or one of these skate talks. Thank you for listening to this and see you soon. Thank you. Vou viver até quando...